I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Listen up, knuckleheads. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I am your TV guide, Brett White, and this week I am joined by human person, Sam Walker. Hello, Sam. Hello, Brett. <laughs> we decided on human. <laughs> I'm going to start uh, doing that for everyone. It is everyone accurate. is a human. <laughs> Thank you for um, coming out to my hopefully air-conditioned apartment mm-hmm. on this hot day. Uh, you've been outside. We both we were both outside a lot separately before this, so I think we're trying to cool down. Yes, right it is now. lovely in inside in yeah. here. Although I did have to turn off the AC for the recording, so who knows what'll happen for the next hour? I will try to not sweat on the microphone because that's probably not good yeah. for it. No, yeah. I would assume <laughs> this microphone's seen a lot. Um, yeah, but this week I'm glad you came out here because we're going to talk about a very cool episode of television. <laughs> uh, this week we're traveling to April 25th, 1968. Mm-hmm. 2001 A Space Odyssey ruled the box office. Bobby Goldsboro's Honey topped the charts and Bewitched aired the No Harm Charm. Sam, you must have seen the No Harm Charm before. I had not. Yeah, I yeah. had, I, unless, I don't, per- perhaps as a child, but I have no memory of it. Yeah. Um, I watched, I watched Bewitched as a kid. I did. Um, but I don't think I saw this episode. No, yeah, I never seen it. This is my first time watching it too. I saw Bewitched only ever on Nick at Night. Mm-hmm. That's where I watched it because uh, Bewitched was noted for having Bewitched Bow Wednesdays. Ah, yes, yes, in yes. the summers. But the, uh, Nick at Night only ever had the black and white episodes when yeah. I was a kid, which is the first I think two seasons only. Yes. Um, and so the black and white episodes I've seen a whole bunch. And I didn't even know that it was on in color. And then I did not even know that it was mostly on in color. Mm-hmm. I think like it's last like six seasons are color. Yeah. I remember because, yeah, same. Like I would watch it on Nick at Night and it was black and white. And it was it, it, I could tell that it was like old and cool. Yeah. And then when it switched to color, it's like as a kid, you'd think I'd like it more. But I could tell like it was different. Yeah. I was I, it didn't seem it, it was, was like I knew it as a black and white show. Yeah. And, and same thing with I Dream of Genie is the reverse, where, like, I Dream of Genie was predominantly in color. Only season one is in black and white. Mm-hmm. So when I would see older episodes of I Dream of Genie, I'd be like, oh, this is weird, because this, this is a colorful show. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, so much of her, like, her, out, like, her yeah. outfit, the whole thing, it made sense to be in color. But Bewitched, I don't know. It was like once, like, there was a kid all of a sudden, and yeah, it was in Tabitha color. And it was in like, color. It was like, also, no. like, 
different Darren. Yes, I wrote that down because I was like, didn't was this the the, the show is, where the husband changed? Yeah. And was it was the first Darren? Did he end up going to be to Dream of Genie? No, no, this or is uh, it a completely different. Person? Yeah, this is um Larry Hagman is the guy on I Dream of Genie. Yes, um, Jr. Also super hot. Yes, <laughs> like, I Dream of Genie is a hot show. Um, fans keep a running tally of all the old sitcom stars that I find attractive. <laughs> Because uh, you can also add Darren number one, Dick York. I think that Darren is oddly cute. Okay. In this, like this Darren. Uh, and then he's replaced by Dick Sargent. Um, yes. This is season four, so I'm guessing it's season five or so. And it's because, like, Dick York had, I think it's like he had a back problem. Oh. And it just, like, came up and he couldn't film episodes i think it was a temporary sickness i should have researched this this is like the biggest thing about the witch is that there are two husbands yeah and i didn't look at I mean, i'm pretty sure he just like got temporarily sick and they just didn't like ride around it they just kind of just bought ahead and yeah switched out darren's yeah watch again i realized like i was like yeah darren's he's cute and yeah. it kind of fits into my type of yeah he's a he's a very um aw shucksy goofy looking yeah but he's got like a good like a good jawline yes got, like nice like slick back hair he has the he has the face like the the wrinkles and the movement where like he his overacting is yeah. it's like you don't have to overact that much on tv we can yeah, see your face see. he's very <laughs> but <expressive>. i love <laughs> it <laughs> so <laughs> uh, yeah so as we said um this week on must have seen tv we we're talking about the bewitched episode the no harm charm it is the 31st episode of season four Oh my god! Thirty first. I think there were thirty three total. That's episodes. insane. That's just Ugh. like all year. That's like the show is like, basically on stopped. all year. No re- um, <laughs> it was written by Ed Jurist and directed by Russell B. Mayberry. Here's how IMDb describes the episode: Uncle Arthur gives Darren a charm that he says will protect him from all harm and all witchcraft. Sam, do you think that is accurate? Oh uh, yeah, That's I guess so. It. That's basically it. But it was more like a fever dream that like someone told me about. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, they took a lot of leaps of um, plot and logic and character. And I guess maybe that's just how this show always yes. was. And yeah, it really is. Because watching it, I realized, like, okay, this is not, like, a sitcom the way I know sitcoms is, you know, you write it out and there's this smart kind of fun yeah. intelligence. This was, like, as a kid watching this, it was just, like, another kid show. Yeah. And I realized, like, that's exactly what it is. I like, was this- watching it being, like, it feels like a car- It's a cartoon. Yes. Exactly. It feels like, because what I never realized growing up was that Looney Tunes were supposed to be like laugh out loud funny. Right. I always thought Looney Tunes were just like, oh, they're entertaining. Right. And then as an adult, I'm like, oh, I think they were actually supposed to be comedies. And so like watching this, it's like, it's like, you can, it's funny, but. But it's but, not. It's not genuinely funny. No, it's like someone writing to be like, "Oh, you know what would be a wacky thing?" Yeah. And then you're like, "Yeah, I guess if I was like eight whiskeys in, like, sure, I might like, have a good time." I'm going to say like eight years old, but you went eight whiskeys in. Uh, so it isn't. It's 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 a sitcom that was like written to just be a half hour of entertainment. Yeah, that it's like just, just something like, to have on. So just watch and experience uh, i think this is the first sitcom like this i'm t- talking about because i do view this as a very specific type 
Mm-hmm. Like this and like Mr. Ed and yes. I Dream of Genie. I call them hijinks sitcoms. Yes. Where it's a normal sitcom with a extra layer of supernatural or weird stuff baked into the premise. Right. Uh, where it's like, he's married to a witch or he has a talking horse or <laughs> he has a, gets a genie bottle. Like, and so it doesn't, so there's just, it's we, it's just weird. It has a weird vibe. It's just off. Yeah, there's like, there's nothing that's like there, there's there's nothing that's genuine about it, yeah. or really like actually funny. It's yeah. just kind of like, oh, what would be a crazy? So it's like it's like if coked up '80s writers wrote this in the '80s, it would be so much better because yeah. it's like you can take this crazy premise and do so much with it. But it's just kind oh, of like I guess Alf also fits into this too because that's like a family with an alien puppet, right? It's yeah, like, but like uh, I haven't seen Alf since I was a kid either. But I feel like that was actually at least better. Uh, maybe? Well, no? the, okay. well, we did. <laughs> Alf a couple weeks ago, and that episode was Alf basically ruins a girl's chance to go to college. And oh, then okay. the episode was she was like, I'm sorry, I was so upset about not being able to go to college. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so. That's another thing where it's like this, <laughs> where like bewitched, like, uh, it's like emotional reactions don't make a lot of sense. Like, no, there's, there's, it's, it's a cartoon. Like, it honestly, it's like, it is a cartoon that was made for adults in the 60s. Right. Um, like, the basic gist of this episode is Darren, uh, he's an ad man. And so, in the cold open of the episode, he finds out that an ad he wrote for about the Omega Bank, the Omega National Bank, which is Omega. Right. It's spelled Omega, but everyone pronounces it Omega. T Omega National will be. Which is weird. <laughs> Yeah. Is that how that word used to be pronounced? I don't know. Maybe it was just like, because cause Elizabeth Montgomery has this sort of like, you know, Massachusetts like yeah. like voice. And then the, the Barry, the bank guy also kind of has yeah, a Larry voice Tate going on. So maybe like, it's maybe just, it's just a, a I don't know. Like, and, yeah, dialects. In the witch neighborhood. That's how they pronounce Omega. Yeah. Omega. Um, so he has an ad that's like, now ask, like assets of $100 when he meant to be assets of a billion dollars. Which I, okay, I was confused because I was like, wait, what's the typo? Is this, what? I, was, I couldn't uh, quite follow what I had to write happened. it. I wrote it down in my notes. It, it, it was 100. He's like, someone like left out the seven zeros. I don't understand. How could seven zeros disappear? You tell me. I wrote 100 and then added seven zeros. Oh, and that's a okay. billion dollars. Um, and I wrote down like, there's no witchcraft in the cold open. It's no. He places an ad that gets messed up. He his job is on the wrist for it. Uh, he's in trouble, and then Sam's like, "Oh, uh oh." <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's I, it. I get, I didn't understand it because it's like, okay, so he had this ad, and then it got messed up, and then his immediately jumps to like, "Oh, your mother used witchcraft to yeah. to undercut me," and I was like, "Wait a it second. It's kind of a leap." Yeah, I was like, I. It's like you can't make a human mistake. Which, yeah, I was like, I could, I, I kind of remember like, Endora's the mother, right? That's oh yeah, her Endora's name. the mother. And I she, remember her always messing with yeah, him. She does jack up his life on the reg. But it's like, I was like, she wants, I, I could see her messing with him like in a social manner or whatever. Yeah. But why would she mess with him to make him lose his job? Like yeah, he does not, support her daughter and grandchild. And also not grandchild. immediately come out and take credit for it. Yeah. Which honestly, I, well, I'll get into it in a sec, but then, um, then they get a visit from Uncle Arthur, which is why I chose this episode. This is Paul Lind, one of my gay heroes, mm-hmm. plays uh, Uncle Arthur. He is a a fourth of my Describe Yourself in Four Classic Sitcom characters. Mm-hmm. Uncle Arthur is one of them. Uh, I love him a lot. 
And so he ba- he comes and basically tells Darren, like, here's a charm. Take this and keep it. What is it? A lucky charm. As long as you have it, no harm can befall you. And that includes any kind of witchcraft. And then he goes through a whole rigmarole of like, see, you're, you're step off that ladder. I'm going to shoot you with a gun. You don't get hurt. <laughs> um, and so then Darren just goes through his day uh, protected from all harm because of this charm, which turns out it was really just the top of a lamp in the living room. Wah, wah. And so Sam has to follow him throughout the day to like twinkle, twinkle, twink, mm-hmm. save him from all sorts of danger. And at the end of the episode, he finds out, oh my gosh, it wasn't really a no harm charm, yeah. etc. That's the episode. Like, it's very uh, straightforward. The thing that I, the twist I saw coming that did not actually come was I thought Uncle Arthur fucked up his ad. I thought that yeah. was going to be the reveal, is that, oh, yeah, I totally erased those seven zeros. Yeah, well, I, I couldn't figure out, because, like, so, Darren comes home, he's he's pissed off, and then Uncle Arthur shows up, and he's like, yeah, and Dora, I can't, I can't do the voice that <laughs> you can't, bro, I'm so, that's amazing. Um, he's, he's basically like, yeah, and Dora's, you know, she told me the good news, and I was like, wait, so, she, did he... Did they think he got the promotion and she's actually happy for him? Or is yeah. this a weird sarcasm? And now I couldn't... The whole time I couldn't tell if Uncle Arthur was trying to actually help Darren or yeah. mess with him. I'm like, what are everyone's motivations? Exactly. I can't yeah. tell. That's, that, that is true because if you... There's a season... I think Uncle Arthur's first or second appearance on the show... Um, a couple weekends ago, this this is like me in a nutshell. I was like, I'm going to watch all the Uncle Arthur episodes of Bewitched. <laughs> and they are at 99 cents on iTunes. So uh, in season one, I think, Paul Lind plays a driving instructor. Mm. And just he's just like Samantha's driving instructor. Mm-hmm. And he's like harried and like, oh my God, this is horrible. And then I guess they liked him enough that they created the, the role of Uncle Arthur for him. And so then he came on as Uncle Arthur. And I think in his first appearance as Uncle Arthur, it's kind of this exact same episode where he tricks Darren into thinking that uh, if he he gives him like a mystical incantation that will get back at Endora the next time Endora messes with him. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, gazoozy, yeah, gazoozy, yeah, gazoozy, zim. <laughs> it's great. Um, that's the thing that he makes Darren say. And it looks a lot like in Arrested Development when all of them do chicken oh, yes. impressions. <laughs> when Darren does it, it looks just like one of them going like, cooka, cooka, cooka. <laughs> uh, and so that episode is Uncle Arthur fucking with Darren. Right. And so that is why, like, well, he's a prankster. That's his whole character game. I mean, we first meet him in this episode because they open up a pot. Oh, yes, and I wrote down his... Oh, my God, because what does he say? Uh, he's, oh, what does he say? Uncle Arthur, what are you doing in there? What do you think? I'm a stew away. <laughs> and then he comes out, and then he's like, oh, this stew needs a That stew could use a uh, pinch of time. And he drops a pocket watch in it. Yeah, which I was like, that's just going to ruin the stew. <laughs> like, why did you put... It's so good. Uh, oh, and, and, then so... He, and then it becomes a watched pot. Yeah. Because it has a watch <laughs> a in it now. It's so... Ugh. So, like, he's a little stinky prankster, and so I was expecting... I thought that he would have been messing with Darren. He is messing with Darren in this episode. I just was expecting him to take it the next level. He also messed with him by messing up his ad. Right. But they revealed it was just a printer error. Yes, which I, like, as soon as he was like, yeah, the printer admitted to it. I was like, why was that not your first call? Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. I, I also was confused throughout the episode about the nature of 
the charm itself or what Darren thought the charm was doing. Yeah. Because at first I thought that it was only protecting him from magical harm mm-hmm. because they hit that really hard. Darren's like, I don't want Endora messing with me. And so I'm going to have this charm that will protect me from witchcraft. But then he's like driving into traffic. He's basically putting himself into human harm's way. Right. Which is like, that charm isn't going to, but the charm well, I, does. I think what got, what, what made it confusing was so Pollen's messing with him in the bedroom, which those like weird angle shots, oh, like yeah. on the ladder, yeah. again, fever dream. Like, yeah, there's like, some none of this David, is right. David, I've never seen Twin Peaks, but it seemed very David. Yes, Lynchian. it definitely was like a David. I wrote like down, a there, are a lot, there are a lot of ceiling shots in this. There's another yes. one when, uh, when Sam and, uh, Arthur are watching in the, them in the bank and they are themselves elevated up at the ceiling. And then the camera is behind even them yes. looking down. It's, it's weird. weird. It's, it's very, weird. it's the whole episode was just kind of upsetting yeah. to like visually watch. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when he's, when he's showing him like, here's the charm that'll save you. He does that thing where he, Darren's like going to get ready. And then he slides a bench out from behind him. Oh, yeah. And then Darren trips over the bench and he's like, see, you got to hold the charm. Hold on to and it. so I think that was supposed to show like, it'll protect you from, from just anything. Anything. Thing, okay. Which is like, oh, well, he didn't explain that, but yes. okay, fine. <laughs> so then he almost like backs into a car. He's just like, I can drive through car. What? what? Yeah, he, he's like driving around holding onto the charm and is very much uh, like, he's just distracted by it. It's like a modern day cell phone, I would say. Mm, Darren, yes. is, Darren is charming while driving. <laughs> <laughs> and a car almost hits him, but Sam is off to the side and like, twinkle, twinkle, twinks. Yeah. And like, I love that sound effect, too. Yes. Um, the craziest thing in an episode that is just crazy, I would say, is Darren... Well, Pollen's whole plan is he's going to discover that he has the confidence to... you know, Handle live, life. Handle life, and he doesn't need to worry about magic stuff. And so this... Is, so Darren, thinking that no harm can befall him... Because, like, I'm going to go to that bank, and I'm going to convince them that the ad was good, and they should stick with us, and we won't lose the account. So he goes, and he does that. He, like, goes in the bank manager's office. And then we get maybe the first and only ever televised bank robbery from inside the bank manager's office? Yes. And he... So, like, a guy comes in to deliver, like, a... I don't know, like, a telegram or something. And it's, like... The, the bank manager, very, very far removed from the bank proper, is like, Tell cashier to bring 10000 in small bills or you're dead. Why are you... You're so far away from the action. Yeah, it's like, it's like, so... it, it, it took you so much to get into the bank. It, like, <laughs> in the, the like, you could have robbed eight people between here and there. Like, yeah. you're so far inside the bank now that, like, even just getting out of the bank is going to be hard. Yeah. Like, this was a very poorly thought out plan. Yeah. That, and that was, and he's like, don't step on the, like, the police button and stuff. And then Darren just, like, because he's confident, like, just takes the gun from him. Yes. Um, but I was like, that was so surprising. Because I was like, he is well, so it was crazy because the it was, there were two guns in this episode. Because, like, oh, Paul yeah, Linden showing him, him, he's like, look, I'll, I'll shoot you. And then, so, and he put a silencer on the gun. So we've yeah, got a silencer on funny. a gun that and he shoots funny. at him. Okay, great. <laughs> and so then Darren is like, I, I'm... Uh, death proof, and it was very disconcerting oh, to me yeah. to have this two yeah. two guns in a <laughs> in this cartoon sitcom. I will say, like, in terms of what works and what doesn't work, the thing that works for me, which is why I chose it, is I think Paul Lind is hilarious. Yes, uh, I watch him do anything all day. He takes jokes that are not jokes and lines that are dumb, and just through <laughs> his delivery and yes. the way he performs them. 
I laughed out loud at just him saying the word psychology. <laughs> psychology. I like laughed out loud at that. Like one of my few <laughs> laugh out louds at this moment was just him saying the word psychology. Yes. And, that, and that's, he just makes it work. Yes. And it's so weird. And every time he's on screen, I'm like, yes, just more of that, please. Yes. Yeah. It, oh. Yeah, he's amazing. Anything he says, anything he does is fantastic. And I just, like, the whole time, and I, I remember this now from, like, being a kid and watching the show, all I ever wanted was just magic. Yeah. I just, just only more, ever more, wanted more, more, more. her to do magic, or him, or Endora, or whoever, <laughs> to do magic. And whether it was, like, inside of people or out of sight. And yeah. so with this episode, with there there was very little magic in the whole episode, I It was say. mostly, like, stopping real catastrophes. Yeah, and so it's just, like... <laughs> there wasn't really... I did, like... This is another thing, like, this is another sitcom that was not shot from a live studio audience. This is a single cam show that was shot on a soundstage. I think mm-hmm. it's like How I Met Your Mother or whatever, like, it's shot more like a single cam show. It's like a weird hybrid of both. Uh, because they had all these special effects they had to do. Yeah. They had to do so, like, you watch this show, you, you realize how much is like, so I say my line and then I have to pause <laughs> right here while you like run and put a ladder in front of me and then you, then we'll start up again. Like and that's so much of the episode yes. is things appearing and disappearing out of people's hands or. Yes, there was that. I'm just remembering there was the clown where he Holland suddenly has a clown mask on. I don't even understand what that joke was. The joke was like, I'm a. I'll have you know that beneath this clown's mask. Why's another clown's mask? I'm a so clown he's a, with a mask. A clown mask, which is like, kind, you know, kind he's of creepy. He's a creepy 60s clown mask. He takes that mask off and then has the most terrifying clown Horrifying. makeup on I've ever seen. It's one of those creepy, like, hobo clowns where he's like a blacked out teeth. Yes. And like, it was really upsetting. I'm not even scared of clowns. No, and that, that one, was, like, freaked me out. I, I was like, I, what? I wrote clown horror <laughs> in my note. Um, also, I also wanted to... Give a shout out to Uncle Arthur's dope as fuck jacket. <laughs> um, when I was in college, this is another. I can just. I think I can actually just fucking pick this up right now. This is a thing that I've had. My is it still in there? No, darn. But I had this Target in when I was in college. I like the Todd Oldham. Uh, is it Todd Oldham? The the dorm room collection. Yes, yes, of I stuff. Had that. When we were yes. in college, that was so. I have this thing. It is a basically it's almost like a Hollywood Squares thing. Okay, it's um not. It's a three by three nine grid of photo frames that all rotate around. When I was in college, on one side I had pictures of my friends, and on the other side I had pictures of my favorite game show and Aww. sitcom characters. And Paul Lind was, of course, the center of square course. from Hollywood Squares. And the picture that I used was from this episode, which I've never seen until today. Okay. So seeing that jacket again, like, in motion was like, oh, this is great. Yes. It is a, it's like a, it's a, a tan brown plaid, like a really tight, tight, busy plaid, double-breasted, like, mm-hmm. epaulettes. Uh, it's, n- it's like a mix between a casual, like, jacket and, like, a suit coat. It's so cool. <laughs> it's like, I love it so much. I, I see that appreciation, um, but for me, everything is just Sam's outfits. Every time yeah, she shows up, like, her, I'm just like, I need this pink outfit. Dress is, the dress. The oh first dress was a, it was black with these green, like neon, almost like neon green, like stripe pattern. Yes. So nice. And her last dress was oh. like the crazy, like sort of hippie print. It was all like, it was, it was looked like a pink palette or something. Yes. With like neon, with just like swatches. Col- yeah, sw- 
and her hair in like I, I, that sixties hair. I don't know. How, I want someone to teach me how to do that yeah, hair. Yeah, I've never learned how to do it, but it's just kind of like perfectly like this is quaffed. This is online with another big point I wanted to make. I just wrote down. Uh, what did I write down? So mad many. Yes. Of any TV show of the 60s, I do think Bewitched, I think that Mad Men aped a lot, like, looked to Bewitched for a lot of influence. Yes. Because this episode just, it looks so Mad Men. All the clothes, all the design, the color palettes, all that, like, you know, seasons like four or five of Mad Men, it just, which makes sense, it's 1968. Right. Um, but like, the style of Bewitched, it looks so good. <laughs> It's, it's, uh, it's beautiful. And like, I, I just remember as a kid loving like Sam and just thinking she was like cool and fun and she could do magic and I wanted her hair and her outfits. And like now as an adult, I'm like, why was she with this with this guy? This, yeah. Like, why is she? I don't this get it. This is the it. elephant in the podcast is the gender <laughs> politics <laughs> of Bewitched. It's so bizarre I feel like to you me. could teach a course on it. There's... Because the whole premise of Bewitched is boy, like, boy falls in love with girl, girl mm. falls in love with boy, they get married, oh no, girl's a, a witch. witch! And then boy is like, I deny your birthright heritage, like, don't do that around me, which is... Weird. Really bad. But then on the... Uh, but then, like, you see Darren's point in a way where it's like, oh, but he... It's one of those weird things where, like, metaphors don't always totally map on because these witches could turn him into a duck or kill him with a moment's notice. So you understand, like, yeah, he has a right to be afraid. But on the other hand, it's like you're telling your wife not to be her most authentic self and to, like, shut off a part of her culture and stuff, which is bad. Yeah, I also, I could never figure it out because it's like she could, okay, one, she sort of, she wants to be... She wants, wants to fit into the yeah. mortal world, which I don't get. Yeah. I don't know if that's like a Doctor Who kind of thing where it's like, I think humans are wacky and I want to be one of them. I don't know yeah. if that's what a, it is. A little Mermaid. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But like, also, she could hook them up. Like, yeah. why yeah. would you I do, I do, deny that? <laughs> I do like, she made a really fun, good point. Because like, when Darren comes home initially and is like, Endora's fucked with my life again. I they also don't say fuck in this sh- in this sitcom. Yes. This is nineteen sixty eight. It'd be great if they did. God, that. wouldn't it be great? Someone just add a whole bunch of fucks. <laughs> Anytime anything happens to Darren, he's like, ah shit. Um, that'd be great. Um, so he comes home and he's like, you know what? I can't fight it anymore. I'm just immortal, and your entire family is so just. All bets are off. Do whatever. And so he retreats up to the bedroom, and Sam comes in and is like, please come down. I'll make waffles. And then she turns to leave, and he's like, where are you going? And she's like the waffle maker is in the kitchen. He's like, just Mm. twinkle them up or whatever. And I did like her point of cooking is fun. So Uh, I like the process of cooking. So I'm going to do that. I liked, I mean, I liked that point. Yeah. Um, but I also was mad at Darren because it's like, why are you, okay, let's say, let's say Endora is the one who did this to you. Why now all of a sudden is Sam allowed to do magic? Like, yeah. I, I don't think the problem, like she wasn't the one who messed with you. Why? I so, uh. yeah, yeah. There's it's it's also a weird dynamic where Sam is the star of the series. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, she's in the opening credits, which we definitely should talk about. Is that opening credit sequence? Yes, yeah, like I, I love it. Um, but like she's the star of the show. But I, 
somehow feel like she doesn't get the most fun stuff to do. Yeah. Like, Darren is actually almost the star of the well, show, comedically. It's, yeah, it's like, it's like, she's always using her powers to help him, basically. Yeah. And like... He's always getting into the hijinks, usually because of her magic, and she's having to get him out of it. Right. And so, I like, as now, as an adult watching this, I'm like, I want her to get into the hijinks, yeah. and I want him to be along for the ride. Yeah. And just kind of like... A Doctor Who. A lady Doctor Who. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm just like she's she's gorgeous. She has the best style and the best hair and like like her like she's got she's a great actress. She's yeah, got, she's got good delivery. Yeah, and I feel like she gets like kind of like the shit end of the stick. Like Yeah, and it's because of I mean, gender politics at the time. Yeah, it's because like I mean, Darren is the whole show is built around her suppressing her specialness. Specialness. Like there's so I would actually kill Okay. Uh, and my brain is going in so many directions. <laughs> I do want to talk about the opening credits before I go into the next thing. The opening credits of the show, which are iconic, the theme song is so iconic. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of like the most hummable, yes. known sitcom theme songs of all time. And I always loved it as a kid because it was like a little cartoon. <laughs> yes, and I love that art style. Like oh, everything, yeah. that is my favorite. Like I love those like clean lines, and there's sort of the point. I, I, it's very um, like Batman the animated series. Very yes. Bruce Timm. Yes. like it's really, and I just love like be. There was also a really fun uh, Nick at Night commercial, like, in the early 90s. I was like, Bewitched, Bewitched. <laughs> the show is called Bewitched. <laughs> they did this thing where if a theme song didn't have lyrics, they would just Make it toss up. lyrics on it. I feel like I remember it. that. Um, there's another one for Bob Newhart show. There's another one for Dick Van Dyke show. It's really fun. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is... Uh, so, Tabitha is the child on this show. Mm. Tabitha had her own show in the 70s. She had, like, a spinoff that only lasted, like, one season. I think I've heard of that, but I don't think I've ever I've seen never anything seen it. of it. And then, a couple years ago, they greenlit this, and I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's happened. It might have stalled out. But they were going to do a modern-day Bewitched, and it was going to star Tabitha's daughter. Oh. Which I was like, that is, that would be, if that happened, that would actually be super cool. Yeah. That three generations of women all got their own shows. Yeah. Samantha, Tabitha, and then whatever the next daughter would be named. Right. I do, I would love to see a modern day Bewitched. Yeah, like... That wasn't the movie. I didn't see the movie. I didn't either, yeah. When that movie, because that movie was like sort of an onslaught of, of remakes that were just yeah. kind of just throwing well, stuff at the wall. hearing the plot of that movie where it is, the the plot is they are, Will Ferrell is playing an actor playing Darren in a remake. Bewitched remake. Bewitched remake. And Nicole Kidman is an actress playing Samantha who is also really a witch. It's like that's, right. yeah. it's, too much. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was like, "This is I'm I'm good. I'm good on all this." But watching watching Bewitched, I'm like, there there's a lot here. There's so much potential yeah. here. It's like I want to put this. Like I want like the Thirty Rock writers to like get a hold yes. of this and like and like because like a Bewitched show where where the husband is cool with her being a witch. And yeah, is like and I could I can see a husband having a problem with like. Don't twinkle us into a mansion because there's like a right. weird money laundering. Like there's like a weird breaking bad aspect yeah. of like the IRS and like taxes of like why do we have a speedboat all of a sudden? But like if you want to make us waffles and also like a ton and if it was the just like how when I came out I could not accept being gay for a very long time and had a very like, you know, internalized weird homophobia, mm. it would be cool to see that metaphor prism like through the prism of she finds out she's a witch and yeah. is like well i don't want to do that because witches are these stereotypes and i'm my own thing yeah and a show about her like coming to embrace her own thing if she is the one that is stopping her action and not her husband being a jerk yes 
Agreed. Yeah, because there, because it is like, like she's like she said, she likes making waffles. But you know what? Some days she probably is tired. Yeah, and just, you know. Yeah, just twinkle. I don't even know if twinkle is the properly accepted well, she, verb for that. Uh, yeah, is but it it's nose a twink, twitch? It's a nose twitch. Twitch them up. Maybe it's twitch them up. But the twinkle is the sound. It's a very yes. twinkly sound. Yes. Um, rewatching Mad Men also. I realize how, because I just, I'm rewatching season three, and I just watched the episode where, in season three is when Joan finally, like, she quits Sterling Cooper because she's gotten married, and Mm. it's like the woman's place, and then Mm. she leaves, and she, uh, and then her husband, her asshole husband comes home, and basically... He's, like, complaining about a job interview he went on that, like, didn't go well for him. He's just like, you just don't understand what it's like to, like, not get what you want and blah. And mm. and she's sitting behind him. And you can see, like, she just gets this dead stare. And she just picks up a vase and smashes it against the back of his head. Uh. And then storms out. And it's, be- and it's the unspoken thing of, I've given up my entire job and my life and my identity for you. And now yeah. you're telling me that. And I see so much potential bewitchedness in that, too. Yes. Um, I don't know. I'm now seeing, like, the parallel between, like, a show about the 60s and the show made in the 60s. And Bewitched is, like, the, not personification, it's a big example of the kind of sexism and stuff that women actually had to go through. And we're yeah. seeing we're seeing the um, uh, effect of it or whatever in this show. Yeah. Very fascinating. Yeah, because if you think about, like, at the time, like, women are, you know... Like, going through women's lib and, like, women's rights movements. And then this show is sort of, like, literally taking, like, the specialness of a woman and, and like, shoving her into the kitchen. And it's like, you don't get to have the job. You don't get to have a say. You don't get to use your special (laughs) abilities. Like, everything that's special about you should only be ever used to help the guy. Yeah. And you're, and she's happy about it. Like, <laughs> it's not even like I Love Lucy, where Lucy, like, wants more. Wants to be in the show. And yeah. Like, yeah, scheming and stuff. It's like, I mean, I do really like that. I wish that we had seen Endora in this episode. I know. I do. I know. I love, that's not, because uh, I'm just, oh, her that's hair probably, and her eyeliner and yeah, her fun outfit. That's probably oh. where we're going to get a lot of our, like, desire to see the feminist take on Bewitched. Because when Endora is on, she's very much like... I'm myself. These are my powers. Yeah. You're a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> and she's always telling Samantha to drop that zero and find a hero. That's true. And I did kind of think about, I was thinking about that because when she, Sam does sort of dote on Darren like a crazy amount. And I'm sort of yeah. like, he's kind of a dumbass, but he's cute. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I guess there's I get it. Good, there's a good guy. Yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> so I was wondering like, is, you know, maybe I guess if I'm, if I'm trying to defend the show, maybe it is sort of for her an act of rebellion. Cause it's like indoors yeah. wants her so badly to be like a witch and this powerful woman. And maybe she does. I don't know. I don't and know. It, also, it is also, I'm trying to think of like in context, you know, putting this in like larger context, I mean, even like, this was a, another sitcom in the 60s that starred a woman. You know, to, no matter, like, what the show itself is trying to do to her, Elizabeth Montgomery is the lead. She's yeah. the breakout character. She's, you know, the one that ostensibly is getting, you know, the most jokes, et cetera, et cetera. And so, like, that is super, you know, cool. In retrospect, there are some unfortunate things about it, but it is, like, it's really nice. There is this really awesome, you know, old... Uh, I was thinking, uh, I'm trying to think of another meme. I'm always talking about memes I tried to start. That's probably a, I'm a lame, <laughs> I'm a lame person. I was thinking of like the sitcom Avengers. I feel like I did this on Twitter like years Ooh. ago and I was like, but wait, like, oh, Samantha is totally on the sitcom Avengers. Yes, of course. Uh, I feel like you get Sam and Jeannie. Yes. On there. Uh, 
Oh, I'm trying to think of a... Like Herman Munster? Ooh. <laughs> be good. Uh, I would like to see, like, you know, maybe, like, uh, Gomez is like a swashbuckler. Yes. You know? I'm trying to think I of I feel a- like, I mean, the Addams Family, they're just kind of like their own team, yeah. basically. Yeah. Oh, the Addams... I would love to see the Addams Family as, like, the Incredibles or something. Yes! <laughs> I, oh, my God! Yeah. Uh, Write that now, Brett. I gotta do the Addams... Well, I am doing the Addams Family on this podcast. At some point, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so we did. We definitely talked about what doesn't hold up well. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot there. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, I mean, in general, what did you say does work about this episode? I mean, definitely Poland. Yeah, he's yeah. You can just watch him. I don't know. It's it's tough because, like I said, there's so much about the way these shows are written. Ooh, would you? I I just got an idea. Wouldn't it be? Would it be fun to see a new sitcom, like a, maybe like a Netflix original, mm-hmm. maybe a Hulu original, <laughs> maybe it's more Hulu, <laughs> but, but that is done on this production budget. It's basically like this exact show, modern writing, but like they shoot it like this, where they're doing all these in-camera, well, practical, that's, yeah, I feel like that's fun, a lot of like campy effects. Comedy Central, I, um, uh, Adult Swim, I feel like does, oh yeah, like, like Tim and Eric and yeah. Eric Andre show. I feel like there is sort of a nostalgia for that. Sort of Hit like pause on the record on the camera button. And yeah, put, some, put something in their hand. That would record. actually be great, and I would I would actually love to see yeah. Bewitched redone, but without any like CGI, just yeah, yeah just practical like effects. And honestly, that would that could be really really cool. I think honestly, just the way that our you could even probably take advantage of the way our technology has increased. Do no computer effects, but do mm-hmm. all all in camera practical effects and actually make it look. Yeah. A hundred times better than this. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, just film quality alone. Yeah. Like, every, you can make things look, like, pretty cool. I was watching something recently where people were... Oh, no, it's Planet of the Apes. This is also 1968. <laughs> if you watch Planet of the Apes, there's a lot of things where people are supposed to be mannequins, and they're just moving. And you can, like, um, like aggressive, like, you can see them breathing. It's just because, I guess, we're now watching, like, a high-def right, copy, yeah. and it just looks weird. Um, so, yeah, I guess I can move on. Should have put my... Oh no. To the trivia section. <gasps> so, Bewitched Season 4 averaged 23.5 million viewers wow. a week. Now, I always try to put that into perspective. And so, I usually say, like, that's Walking Dead numbers. And today, I actually did research to back this up. Uh, actually, to disprove myself. I went through and looked at the Nielsen, like, year-end charts of, like, the top-rated shows. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time that the number one show of the year had a viewership of 23.5 million was 1989 to 1990. Wow. So, this epi- this season of Bewitched, if it had aired any year after 1990, would have been the most-watched show of that year. Wow. So, 27. That's how fractured and how yeah. many options we have. Like, how... I know. That's that's how many people watch this. Um, and it was ranked number 11. Wow. For that year. That's crazy. Well, at that... I mean, at that, at that time, there were, what, three or four three, channels? Three... three cha- well, I guess you had your ABC, CBS, NBC, and then next year you had your uh, PBS. Okay. Um, and maybe a local net, like a local channel. Maybe? So any given night of the week, like yeah, your options, options, yeah. I, so <laughs> just I, by default, I I weirdly miss. I weirdly want that back in a way. I, uh, no, <laughs> like, I do too. I'm like, and I'm, oh, mainly I feel like 
It's like our it's like our culture is having uh, like server connectivity issues, and we need to <laughs> reboot the modem. And I'm like, okay, everyone, everyone, we're going back to literally like three channels until we can all get back on the same page. Yes. <laughs> so you're going to see like the NBC Tuesday night lineup is going to be like Superstore, Master of None, <gasps> yes, uh, The Ranch. Good like place. we're gonna we're gonna like I want to try to. <laughs> <laughs> like we're gonna, you know, we're gonna air. We're gonna pick some nice shows about diversity. Yeah, and, but we're and all gonna watch. I wanna, them. I, wanna, I wanna air them alongside what the other half watches. We're like the voice leads into this. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Big Bang Theory. I'm like yeah, I like I want. We're all gonna. I'll I'll have to. I will have to watch an episode of NCIS, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, which I've actually seen a couple of because my husband actually likes that show. Well, he liked it a long time ago, and now it's like a nostalgia thing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um. So the top five shows of that year, um, so ranked for number, tied for number four in the 67 to 68 season Mm -hmm. was Bonanza, Family Affair, Family Affair, and Gunsmoke. Okay. I remember Gunsmoke. Yes. I love Gunsmoke. Two Westerns and then a really cheesy family sitcom. Mm -hmm. Uh, number three was Gomer Pyle, USMC, the Andy Griffith spinoff. Oh. (laughs) All right. Two was The Lucy Show. I Love Lucy's second show. I do. I think that was the second one. And then Here's Lucy, I Love, I, Life with Lucy. Mm. Uh, and then number one was The Andy Griffith Show. How long was that on? Andy Griffith was, I, I think it's like eight or nine seasons. Okay. Uh, I think this is at the tail end of Andy Griffith. Um, because Andy Griffith ends in like 68 or 69. It becomes Mayberry RFD. Mm. Uh, basically, Andy Griffith, like when Andy Griffith left... They just, like, the show kept going when they stuck Ken Berry from Mama's Family and oh. F-Troop fame. Uh, another crush of mine. <laughs> they put him in the lead of the Andy Griffith show with that same cast, basically. Right. And just renamed it Mayberry RFD. Okay. And then two or three years later with The Rural Purge, which is a hard thing to say, uh, when <laughs> CBS Ranger. canceled all their country sitcoms, uh-huh. which we talked about in the Green Acres episode a couple weeks ago. Uh... And because Mary Tyler Moore and All in the Family became a hit, CBS was like, yes, let's move to the city. And they yeah. canceled all their country sitcoms. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, as you named all those things off, I was like, that's a very, like, Americana list. Yeah. It's like between Westerns and oh, yeah, that's rural. Like, it's like, this five. is America. Well, yeah, I miss, that's what I'm talking about now. Like, I would like to see a lineup that has, you know, whatever. Like, honestly, like, Last Man Standing and Master of None. Like, I would love it if we actually lived in a country where, like, they were, you know, the number one and two show. I mean, Last Man Standing has... I'm saying, I want us all to just Yes. understand where each other is coming from. Yes. Uh, well, it's also, yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, you can just go down these, like, pigeonholes now and not, never, ever have never. to watch anything else that, like, the other side That's, watches. And we talked about this a lot in the Frasier episode about how, like, Frasier was a massive hit. Yeah. And the fact that, like, people in the South, you know, watched Frasier because there weren't enough options. Uh, I mean, my family didn't because Frasier was highfalutin. <laughs> Even though Frasier is a dumb, silly show that's really well written, but it's not as smart as you think it is. It's great, but it's just they it's just farce. they seem highfalutin. It's a farce. Uh, it's great. Um, check out the Winston Noel episode where we talked about that. Um, so, uh, 144 users on IMDb rated this episode a 7.4. Hmm. Uh, this bewitched episode a 7.4. Would you say that is spot on, higher or lower? 
I guess it depends on how you're ranking it. Yeah. Is this a rank within the Bewitched set? Because I can't really speak to that. Yep. Maybe this so, is a 7.4 Bewitched episode. I'd say, yeah, I would, uh, from all the Bewitched episodes I've seen, I would give this like a 7.4. That okay. seems right. Maybe a 7. Within, within the Bewitched, but within the sphere of even just sitcoms from that era, I, I'd maybe drop it down to maybe like a 6? Maybe? <laughs> 6.5? Yeah. There, maybe? I, there's... It's a weird episode. Yeah, it's a... The 60s are a weird time. Because the 60s start off with the Dick Van Dyke show, which the metaphors I always use is like, if I Love Lucy is your Chuck Berry, like, inventing the sitcom. Like, I Love Lucy is in the 50s, and it's like, breaking all the rules. Mm. It's like, it's establishing all the rules. I always say that the Dick Van Dyke show is the Beatles. Like, the Dick Van Dyke show takes everything that was built by, you know, all the rock and roll and blues guys in the 40s and 50s. Dick Van Dyke, and then it elevates, like, Dick Van Dyke show elevates it. Mm -hmm. Like, Dick Van Dyke show makes it tighter, smarter, like, structured, nuanced plots. Because I Love Lucy is basically a phenomenal show, but it is, Lucy has one predicament, and then she gets into it, and then you see a masterful, greatest comedian of all time do insanely perfect physical comedy for, like, a 12-minute stretch. Right. Uh, where Dick Van Dyke show is, like, they're one-act plays, there's, you know, character development, it's really good, and it's brilliant. But then the 60s takes a weird turn. Uh, is this a Kennedy assassination thing? Is this a dark, because uh, Mad Men, like, the 60s gets really dark. Yeah, where it's this, just, like, here's light for light. Yeah, sake. because like, if you're thinking about 1968, yeah. we're getting to, like... 1968 was a tough year, because that's, like... Uh, that's Robert Kennedy's assassination yeah. and MLK. <laughs> so, so you can see, yeah. I guess, I guess, like, I mean, yeah. Thinking about if you literally only had four channels on TV and you come home and it's like, do I want to watch something that's like smart and witty and whatever, it's or like, do I just? Oh my wanna... god, just let me veg out. Yeah, it's like, do I literally <laughs> just want to watch <laughs> Sam get Darren out of a predicament? Because yeah. <laughs> honestly, the whole reason is—I mean, like, the stealth reason this podcast exists is because of our country right now Uh and me deciding I need to focus on a fun thing. Yes. And so I actually, yeah, I guess I do now. I understand why. That does make a lot of sense. The sitcoms of the late sixties were a goofy, goofy bunch. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, you've got, you've got JFK, Robert Kennedy, MLK, Vietnam, got uh, Nixon civil is, rights. Nixon is elected just like what five months after this yeah it's like I, I recently because I mean I've, there's always information about the 60s constantly but I recently yeah. watched CNN's like uh, the 60s oh, yeah. thing and it, it really encapsulates it, it in a 10 year span you do go from this kind of like everything's amazing things are changed and then things get real dark and we take a turn yeah. Because, yeah, and that's what, yeah, Bewitched does kind of represent that. And then, like, the 70s, like, after we start powering through some stuff is when the 70s gets, like, all in the family. Yes. Like, we start getting into these really, like, we're going to tackle legit issues. Yeah. And not be afraid of them. Oh, yeah, it's like, this is, is like, the moment where it's like, okay, it's like when you have a little kid who's, like, fighting sleep and they refuse to sleep. And they just, they're (laughs) exhausted, but they're just like, "Ah, I'm bouncing off the walls. I'm running a thing. I'm not tired. You can't put me to bed. And then they crash. And so it's sort of like, Bewitched and I Dream of Genie is the, no, we're, everything's fine. The country's (laughs) fine. Nothing, there's not a problem. Look at the, look at the magical lady on TV. Yeah, we're we're like, okay, fine. We have a problem. Fine. We'll deal with the problems. Yeah. Ugh. So, um, who would you say, 
out of the, like, I don't know, four characters that we saw in this episode, had the must-see performance. Definitely Paul Lynn. Yes, Uncle Arthur FTW. Yes. He is so great. He... I don't know. I mean, I could take this moment to just talk about what Paul End means to me. Please do. I don't know. Like, him and Charles Nelson Riley, who, and, well, I can talk about Charles Nelson Riley because he was also, I uh, will talk about him at some point on this podcast because he was on another sitcom, The Ghost of Mrs. Muir, which mm-hmm. is a gender flipped bewitched. Ooh. It stars a, a woman who like moves. I've only seen one episode of it and You've it's never based on it. a 40s movie and it lasted four seasons and it's basically like a woman and her family move into a house and they are haunted by an old, the ghost of an old sea captain. Oh, that sounds amazing! <laughs> I want that to also be a show! Wait, no, yeah. we have to get Netflix to reboot this yes, show and yes. Bewitched and just have this Honestly, universe of weird... Shared universe. Yeah! Connect I Dream of Genie, Ghost of Mrs. Muir, and Bewitched. That's the Avengers right Yeah, there. I was gonna it's say! the ghost, Genie, and Witch. Yes! That's what I want. And then they all team uh, up and get into wacky adventure. And then Charles Nelson Riley was like the... He was the connite... He's... He's Uncle Art. He's a conniving, like, trickster kind of guy. Uh-huh. Um, and so, when I was in, like, high school and college and stuff, I would always gravitate towards these kind of characters. Mm-hmm. Like, t- Tony Slatter and his lives in any way. Uh, the UK version is the earliest example of this. In, like, middle school, I was like, this guy who's, like, short and chubby and, like, really well-dressed <laughs> for the era and... Is being like very, very, um, aggressively weird and mm. flirtatious and very sassy. And sometimes he'll kiss men and like party quirks or whatever. <laughs> I was like, he's my hero. And I actually wrote a paper about him in, Aww. cause like when I was a freshman in high school, they were like, write a paper about your hero. And I wrote a paper Aww. about Tony Slattery. And so like when I got to college, I started watching Game Show Network and I was like, Charles Nelson Riley and Paul Lind are my guys. I like love them. I'm not gay. <laughs> like, and then I was surprised to find out that they were gay. What? <laughs> um, And I've always, but like, I've always identified with them. Right. And there's something about Paul Lind that I want his career. His, his career is so, I, (laughs) he was just like, they would hire him to be the catty, funny deliverer of great zingers on a whole bunch of sitcoms. Yes. And then he would just get his own variety specials in the seventies. If you have never seen the Paul Lind Halloween special. I have not. Which is where Kiss made their TV debut. <laughs> and it also features, uh, like a disco number from Florence Henderson. Yes. Um. Oh my God. And it is amazing. <laughs> like, it's so good. And so, like, I like reclaiming, uh, Paul Lind and that, you know, the mincing gay stereotypical villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like reclaiming that as a sort of source of strength, as like a source of representation that we had in the sixties yes. and the seventies. And like, yeah, it's bad because we were always like conniving, schemy, like little, like swishy, weird. You know, your Gargamel, your um, the <laughs> the the villain from the Frosty the Snowman. Oh, uh, those movies freak me out. The Frosty like the, the Snowman sixties, like Mr. Yes. <laughs> uh, tricky, trick. Were you that like you know Cobra Commander, Skeletor? But those... we're, we're always coded as like 
they make all the villains gay because we're supposed to be like afraid of that. It's but like I and I see where that's happening. But like I've I don't all any great. I know I was gonna and say I I, that. that's who I want to be. It's like that's yeah, the more that's the role I interesting. Want. That's the fun character. Yeah, it's like I don't want to be the boring one. Yeah, I don't want to be like boring D- Darren. I mean Darren's adorable, but like I don't want to. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to play that character. No, it's like I yeah, I want to be Paul Lynn. I like, definitely like there are. Definitely men that would want to play the Darren because he gets to be like, oh, like I'm frustrated. He's a great like straight man. Yeah. He's a straight man, straight man. But I'm like, oh no, like yeah. I don't care if Uncle Arthur is like a prankster and like an antagonist. Like I love that character. That, yeah, that's so much more interesting. Also, so I just had a thought. Thinking back <laughs> to your Avengers um, universe, uh, so imagine. Just think about it. Just imagine that that these characters have their own sort of universe where uh, maybe they have a game show style thing where they have to go back into our universe and have certain... Whoa. I don't know. I just... I feel like there's a lot of things that Brick could work uh, with here. I, I should write this. Yes. Maybe that should be my thing. Uh, so, like, I... That's why I picked this episode is because I just wanted to talk also about how great Paul and also, like, how tragic he is as a person because... Mm. Uh, I, to get into some of, like, the research I've done on, I view Paul and Chuck, as I will call them, hmm. uh, as, like, a weird yin and yang where Charles Nelson Riley seemed very comfortable being as out as he could be in the 70s and very flamboyant, whereas, from everything I've read, like, Paul Lind was a very sad person. He mm-hmm. was, you know, was an alcoholic. He would get drunk regularly and be very, very, very mean to his friends and also mm. to certain minorities. Like, he's uh, he was a he was a troubled guy. And I definitely view that as, like, I can't imagine having to live in the 60s and 70s and not be able to... And also be so famous. Yeah. And have everyone... Basically have everyone love you for being gay, but you not actually be, be able allowed to, to say... Be gay. Yeah, yeah, be allowed to do, say anything. Yeah. And then he, you know, he died in the early 80s uh, under, like, a, of a heart failure under uh, controversial uh, circumstances where there are a lot of rumors about him, like, you know, being caught in bed with a male prostitute mm. or ODing on, like, stimulants or something, which I don't... I From all the reading I've done, I don't think there's actually any truth to that. Right. I think he just had, like, a heart attack. Um, from, and it's like sad. So I like this cause this is like celebrating him in his life and his prime doing what he did best, which is being a catty, catty villain guy. Yes. And, uh, is one of my comedy heroes. So thank you. <laughs> Shout out to Paul. You're our must see. <laughs> You're our must see performer of you this did episode. It, Paul. <laughs> this is, this is the recognition you've always wanted. Oh, <laughs> <Ugh>, no. <laughs> um, uh, must other people see this episode? I I say if they're big fans of Poland, yeah. yes. Watch if you're all just those. if you're just maybe dipping your toe in the waters of Bewitched, maybe not this episode. No, no. Uh, I think I would also I think there are better Poland episodes. There's a season I think two or three episode, um, a Halloween episode Ooh. starring Poland that is very very starring Uncle Arthur that is very good. Um, so maybe start with that one. I think it's a called, I think it might be called Trick or Treat, honestly. I, I think um, maybe if you were to watch this episode, um, and instead of playing the sound, just play one of some sort of song from Twin Peaks, yeah, you might actually have a, yeah. a really interesting evening. Or, so, like, put it on mute, put in some, like, swinging 60s, like, jazz. Yes. At a party. Yeah. And just, like, have that as a visual. Because Bewitched as a visual is beautiful. Yes. The colors are great. 
The style is amazing. The furniture is so good. I know. Oh, I even wrote down Tabitha's bib was amazing. <laughs> like there was this. Even the baby. She style had this was like so giant bib, and then there was this like painting of a cat on it that I would hang on my wall. Oh. Like it was amazing. <laughs> it's, a, it's just gonna have food on it later. Like I also I do I also want to say if you're gonna watch an episode of Bewitched, watch the any of the Christmas episodes because. Then the very first Christmas episode, which might be season, I think it's an early one, so I think it's in black and white. Uh, they established that Santa Claus is real and Samantha yes. is friends with him. I remember that! Yes! <laughs> and, it, cause I, every year I go through, <coughs> sorry, every year I go through and I watch all these old Christmas episodes of sitcoms, and so many of them are, Who's this Santa guy? No, he's just a guy dressed up as Santa. And then, like, later, wait a second, maybe he was Santa. And it was so refreshing to watch a Bewitched episode where she just cuts the bullshit and is like, yeah, Santa's real. Hop on my broom. We're gonna go see him right now. And it was so cathartic. And then Santa basically becomes a recurring character on Bewitched where every Christmas, Santa is a character on the show. So maybe watch one of those episodes. Um, yeah, so where can people find you if they want to talk to you about 60s style? They can, uh, I am on the Twitter, uh, I'm at Samicorn, like a unicorn, but a Sam. <laughs> uh, I'm also on Instagram, at Samicorn, uh, just hanging around. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest Sam Walker for dropping by and talking about Bewitched and Paul Lind with me this week. Next week on the show, I will be going in a similar route and uh, discussing the I Dream of Genie episode, My Master the Great Caruso. My Master the Great Caruso is in Season 2 of I Dream of Genie. It is Episode 13, and you can stream this I Dream of Genie episode on iTunes or on Amazon Video. I will once again remind everyone to come to FlameCon, August 19th through 20th in Brooklyn, New York's LGBTQ Comic Con, where I will have a table where I will be giving out uh, must-have-seen TV postcards, the very first merchandise for any podcast I have ever done. We'll be there. So if you listen to the show, please come by my booth, which is D59, and say hello to me, and I'll give you a must-have-seen TV postcard. You can also buy my sitcom uh, buttons and postcards as well. Until then, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at at MustHaveSeenTV. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review MustHaveSeenTV in iTunes. Please, I cannot explain to you properly how important this is. 
You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. You can read the words that I write at Decider.com. You can check out my sitcom t-shirts and stickers at tpublic.com slash user slash Brett White. The theme song is Patricia's Moving Picture by The Go Team. Thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Thanks to y'all for listening. And I'll see y'all next week on Must Have Seen TV. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.